Hey people, welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales coach and consultant who works with coaches, business owners, and people in the world of sales who want to become more comfortable and confident in selling in their own natural human way. If you're enjoying the podcast episodes and would like to access some great free resources linked to the podcast series through the monthly newsletter, which also includes podcast extracts and news on upcoming masterminds, live streams and events, then you can email me chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com. That's chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com and quote, let's do this. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organization that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, The Trusted Coach and The Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognized coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. www.mindfultalent.coach That's www.mindfultalent.coach and reference my code, not another sales. And now, on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by Chelsea Nelson-Haynes, a health coach focusing on functional nutrition and someone who specializes in the abundance mindset, which is exactly what we're going to be exploring and talking about on today's episode. We're going to start by talking about what we mean by what it is to have an abundant mindset, how it can help us within our business and everyday life, what are some of the changes that Chelsea's noticed having adopted it within her career so far, and also how you, the listener, can start to build it in to be part and parcel of your everyday life. So sit back, grab a pen and pad, and enjoy. Chelsea, welcome. How are you? Hi, Chris. I'm doing so great. Thanks so much. Great. Thank you for joining me on an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm honored to be here. Great. Well, um, for people tuning in, Chelsea, that aren't too familiar with who you are, it'd be great to start off with giving them a bit of a, a bit of an overview or story of what makes you you. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, well, my name is Chelsea. I am a certified health and life coach. I am passionate about and, and primarily focus right now on the abundance mindset. And I'm a really logical person. And I think a lot of the sort of confusion around health and wellness and mindset that I see right now is sort of, at least the questions that I had going into this work was, well, how? <laughs> how do I logically get from a starting point to an ending point? How do I shift? How do I make changes? So a lot of my work is around functional nutrition and really bringing it back to the basics of health. And it, I'm also a yoga teacher. So this also stems from a lot of my learnings and my teachings through the practice of yoga. And that's you know, we have to start with what's tangible. And in yoga, it starts with the breath. And really bringing it down to the sensations and the physical feelings. So it's sort of the same with mindset work. It's, you know, where can we start that's, that's tangible and logical and how can we see real results 
of change in our lives and then maybe bring it to more deeper and broader perspectives of self inner work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. Well, that sounds very interesting. And, and one of the reasons as to why we started speaking in the first place, of course, when I came across a couple of your videos on LinkedIn and, and saw what you were talking about through Brittany Crystal as well. And so that you were going through some of her content on LinkedIn and Mm-hmm. You mentioned there around this abundance mindset, and this is something that you know when we first started speaking, it seemed only natural to to explore a bit more about. But for people tuning in, and this might be the first time they've heard about it or actually recognised what it is, how would you sum it up to people who have no idea what having an abundance mindset is all about? Mm. Yeah, I guess I just want to really quickly say yes, shout out and thank you to my friend Brittany Crystal. She's amazing. Um, I'm definitely really enjoying her courses on LinkedIn. So if anyone is listening to this and might be able to benefit from that, definitely go check her out. And it's it's sort of a good leeway into what the abundance mindset is. Um, basically, the abundance mindset, or op- when you operate from the baseline of abundance, you have this really deep understanding that there is enough of the good things in life to go around, right? So for example, one way to look at it is when you see the success of somebody else, do you feel happy for them? Do you celebrate them and promote them? Or do you feel a bit resentful about that success? And does it create sort of this sense of fear and lack within you? And yeah, it's... it's. It's been interesting witnessing my own life and where I can reflect back on when lack was the primary emotion or thought that first came into mind and how it's been really important for me to cultivate this understanding that, yes, there is enough money, love, um, time, success to go around. And it is all there for the taking. We just sort of have to be willing to do the work in order to make it happen. But it can be unmotivating to do the work if you don't come from the belief that it's there to be had. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and to add to that as well, I think it's there's an element of when you operate from having an abundance mindset it's also realizing that you're in control of your own outcome as well in that mm-hmm. you can decide you you realize just how much control you have in that there are still things and there's that old saying 10 percent of life is what happens to you and 90 percent is how you deal with it but it mm-hmm. gives you a more a mindfulness and awareness of that 90 percent of how you can react to it and what you can control and realizing that you know i've love the Jim Carrey quote when he said life doesn't happen to you it happens for you and realizing mm-hmm. is that who said that originally <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he, it's a great graduation speech that he's give, he gave and I, I'm not sure if it's him originally but it was something he mentioned around that mm. because he's he's a big firm believer in this as well and it's a it's a good example of what's because he talks about what's possible when you when you have that mindset rather than just being the answer for it is that he's says to people when he talks to them about it is that he is just a a, a display of possibility really absolutely it's that mindset of choosing to be proactive as opposed to succumbing to being reactive right and this also sort of roots back to a lot of my yoga practice and and 
you know, this, I, I'll mention yoga quite a bit just because the lessons that I learned on the yoga mat have really taken me much farther than the yoga mat. And it's beginning that cert, that journey of self-exploration. And the yoga is essentially the practice of non-reaction and witnessing without attachment or observing without needing to create a story about it or explain it. And that can be sensation in the body or emotions that rise up or the breath or lack thereof. So practicing that non-reactivity has really allowed me to shift my mindset. What it does is it, there's a stimulation and there's a response in most aspects of life, Uh whether it's physical or emotional or a conversation, there's a stimulus and a response. And the longer the pause in between, the greater power you have to choose how you would like to act as opposed to just immediately reacting to the stimulus. I feel naturally to want to pause quite long after you're talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that, that leads us, would could lead us down a whole nother conversation about that, which we won't go there yet. But so for for people listening to this and Chelsea, how can it help them within their business and everyday life by adopting this, this mindset? What are some of the things you, you referenced a couple there, but what else can benefit Yeah. So, you know, a couple other aspects of a person who operates from abundance mindset, you know, this person might embrace change versus falling to fear of change, right? So for anyone who is trying anything new in their life, whether that be a health and wellness route or a career route or a relationship change or a big move, there obviously will be some natural worries and fears. And actually, I think I heard you speaking as as well on one of your other previous podcasts about, you know, the, the physical reactions in our body when we are excited and we are when we are anxious are exactly the same. You know, we get sweaty palms, our eyes dilate, we get shortness of breath. So when we're really aware of am I excited or am I anxious, we can start making that a little bit more of an empowered experience. And then we can start allowing ourselves to embrace the change, right? So circling it back around, when we choose to make any big change in life, our critter brain, our very primal lizard brain that doesn't recognize cognitive thought will automatically revert to fight, flight, or freeze whenever there's change in life. Because up until now, your beliefs, your identity, your habits, everything that you've done in your life has kept you alive. (laughs) According to this lizard brain, you have survived. So keep on doing what you're doing because there's no need to change it. However, oftentimes our beliefs, our values, our identity are sort of cultivated and grown from outdated beliefs and sort of familiar, familial Uh, stories, you know, the stories of our parents and our grandparents and the legacy that they have brought down to us. So when we say to our lizard brain, I'm ready to make some change, that central nervous system response of panic and freeze will kick in. So when you are self-aware, when you are choosing to better yourself, when you're choosing to let go of some outdated habits and beliefs, when you come from choosing an abundance mindset, you're going to say, okay, lizard brain, everything's okay. My logical 
mind is choosing to do this. I'm going to embrace this change because I know that I am safe, I am loved, and I am accepted through it all. And that no matter what happens, I'll be a better person on the other side of this big change, right? So embracing it versus fearing it. I think that's a really important sort of element to the abundance mindset. Yeah. And I think on that as well, when you start to begin to embrace more things rather than fear it, particularly in the world of business, and we're not just talking here about it could be in your career, it could be if you're starting out your own thing, is that, as you mentioned earlier, it's about realizing that there is enough to go around and not thinking, for example, mm. oh, I don't want to start a podcast because everyone else is doing it, or I don't because mm-hmm. I don't want to start this business because there's other people. It's there are certain things, and of course, you still need the strategy and the kind of key purpose as to why to go into something but it's by having this mindset allowing you to kind of unshackle yourself almost from the things that your mind is trying to say to you to keep you safe when in reality it when you actually live through that moment it probably won't be like that at all in that it's just absolutely it feels like that I always use the analogy it's a bit like when we were younger and we're it's Sunday evening and we start getting this anxiety of school on Monday morning. We're like, oh God, school tomorrow. What's going to happen? Oh no. And you wake up and you go to school mm. and it's absolutely fine. But in your mind the night before, <laughs> you could be thinking like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like, I can't sleep blah, 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 and all this. It's like, it's fine. Like your brain is there, it's designed to do that. And it's, it's saying it's okay. Like I, I thank you for providing me with those thoughts. But as you said, I've logically thought about this and there is enough to go around just because someone else in this space is being successful doesn't mean I'm not going to be. It's, it's like music. We've, we, I think we mentioned this before and I've mentioned this already. That If you listen to one artist, it doesn't mean you can't listen to another. People aren't entering the music industry going, oh, what happens? Like, There's loads of other people in my genre. It's like <laughs> you, on your playlist, you have 100 or 200 different songs and it's the same in life in anything and that there is enough to go around. It's just appreciating that. Absolutely. It's sort of that... So there's a couple different things. I guess the first point that is so interesting, and just to harp on that, I always think about people that go into very specialized professions. And, you know, for example, someone that might want to be a psychotherapist, they don't say like, well, I'm not going to be a therapist because there's tons of other therapists out there. Mm-hmm. Like they're just set on doing that. So sometimes I find that in more of like the creative realms or the entrepreneurial realms or careers that might mean that you have to do something a little bit off a standard track is when we have a tendency to sort of get lost in our stories, right? Because there's not necessarily a set path that we know that we have to take. And then we convince ourselves that I'm not good enough for this anyway. I, you know, I, I, imposter syndrome syndrome is very real. That starts to pop up. I, you know, I don't know enough to do this. But it's that, it's that chance to think big versus thinking small, right? When you operate from an abundance mindset, it's just part of you. It's part of who you are to dream big, right? And there's, there's no essentially limitations because every challenge we come across is now an opportunity. So any maybe undesirable or lower vibrational emotion that might arise, we see it as it's not bad. There's nothing to fix. I'm not broken. Rather, this is, there's an unmet desire within me and it's an opportunity to dig deeper into my path. And whenever something comes up for you that is sort of like knocking at your door and the louder that knock gets, if, if it's appearing in the form of maybe 
unease or unhappiness, lean into that and see what that message has to tell you because I guarantee it's leading you towards your desires, your path, your destiny. And if we choose to allow ourselves to go down that path, yes, it's definitely going to be a little bit scary at first, but it is so freeing and exhilarating on the other side. And I, I was just actually listening to one of your other podcasts yesterday on the, the fears of others' opinions. And I think it was Dee that mentioned the book, um, Brawny something or other, the, the regrets of the dying. And the number one regret was along the lines of, you know, I regret not living my life to my own accord and just living it based on other people's, um, I'm botching the quote, but basically based on what other people expected of me. And it brought me to tears yesterday because I was like, so moved <laughs> by that. And, and what is the point of life if we're not operating from our own desires and needs and this place of abundance and happiness? And why are we going to fall into resentment of other people's successes when we can celebrate them and share that success and have this sense of community? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to add to that as well, on, on the flip side of embracing other people's success is also how you perceive your own failures or setbacks as well. And I think if you're adopting an abundance mindset, you can embrace this in a far more effective way. And I was, I was involved in the conversation on LinkedIn last week and someone posted about asking what was your biggest failure and they talked about theirs. And I said, well, I probably look back at all of mine and I wouldn't consider them failures, whereas at the time in that moment they felt like it and that I look back on all the culmination of things that didn't happen in my life and realize and appreciate that they happened for a reason because I am where I am today. And, you know, I love the Steve Jobs quote is that you can't always connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards in the, mm. at the time. It might not always make sense, but if you're operating from that abundance mindset, you have faith in it, realizing that it's actually you're, you can learn something from this. This is going to benefit you. It might not feel like it right now, but you'll look back and go, actually, that makes sense. I get that now. That's because without it, it wouldn't have made me who I am today. Yes, it's that transition from victim to victor, yes. right? Exactly. And I mean, I can speak from personal experience of many reasons why I, quote unquote, should be allowed to just be a victim of my life. But that was never in the cards for me. And I'm grateful for you know, whatever teachers and mentors and, and my connection to, to spirit that led me down sort of this bigger path of empowerment and choosing to be a victor and choosing to help others who are maybe going through similar struggles. And, you know, if you are going through struggles and, and maybe you are in a place right now of just lack and you've, you know, you've experienced some grief or maybe you are in the process of wanting to make some big change, it, it can be really helpful to focus on what is working rather than focusing on what is not working in your life, right? So even just the tiniest little thing like, oh, well, waking up and having a glass of hot lemon water in the morning, that's working for me. Whether that's affecting anything else that might be going on in your life, if you continue to focus on tiny little steps throughout your day of things that are working, Soon enough, those things that are not working in those circumstances that have happened, you start to have a different perspective on them and you can zoom out a little bit. And like you said, you can connect the dots from 
the perspective of an observer as opposed to somebody who's stuck in their story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And for people listening to this then and who want to say, okay, I want to start trying to make that change in my life and to come from this abundance mindset, what are some of the things that they can begin to do to embrace this and make it, I suppose, become part and parcel of what they do in their everyday life and who they are eventually? For sure. There's a couple of really awesome and powerful practices that you can do right away. Um, And one of them is to simply approach life and experiences with a beginner's mind, right? Always be curious, always be interested in learning as opposed to sort of needing to be the know-it-all or smarty pants, right? (laughs) Nobody likes that person in the room who is just overbearing on the conversation because they need to prove to themselves that they're worthy of acceptance and then therefore they're seeking approval from everybody else, right? So choose to be curious about yourself and about others and, and sort of backing that up. It's, it's choosing to see that opportunity within your challenges again. So of course, knowing that everything is a choice and choosing our experiences, we can't always do, but we can choose how we react to them. So seeing them with curiosity and, and kind of backing up to what we were saying earlier, choosing to focus on what's, what is working versus what's not working. Those are kind of a couple like tools right now, but you know, a few other like outward things that you can do. That's kind of like some of the inner work, some of the outer work that you can do is offer words of appreciation to people. You know, when you, when you see someone and I don't mean just like a sort of a passing, like, yeah, thanks, but a genuine appreciation for somebody. And this is actually a practice that I do with my clients is that we have to, we spend a week on it and there has to be like a certain number of times where you offer a genuine appreciation to someone. And it could be anyone from, you know, your taxi driver to your sibling, you know, and just out of the blue, of course it has to be genuine though. This isn't meant to be like a, Oh, let me send a thank you or forgiveness or whatever. You know, this isn't a program here where we're trying to like go down a list of people, but genuinely, if you feel a sense of appreciation for someone, let them know. And that will come back to you. That, that energetic exchange sort of goes out there and you will feel lighter and That also goes uh, one step further and sort of what we were talking about. When you see somebody's success, celebrate them, share their knowledge, share their work. You know, if you see a friend of yours who just launched an online program, share that with your people because that will come back around for sure. Mm. And do it with with the right intentions as well. Don't do it thinking because, oh, I might get something back here. And then the same thing with before. Do everything with true intentions and honest intentions rather than thinking or maybe if I say nice something nice to someone on there they're going to do it back for me because then that doesn't happen then you're going to have that expectation that's going to be broken then of course you're going to think oh they didn't do it back for me rah 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 it's going with it the right intentions and then you will get the right outcomes absolutely because then that would then feed resentment which goes right back into the scarcity mindset you know what is abundance versus scarcity it's it's happiness versus resentment. So yeah. absolutely. And that, that kind of is another sort of one of my inner work things is really spend some time reflecting, you know, and it, this is so important becoming self-aware 
is like number one of my core beliefs because if we are unaware of how we are acting, then there's no way that we can change it. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to see from the outside in, but, you know, seek mentors, friends, people who know you the best and maybe open conversations. Hey, you know, like what, be open to having maybe those tough conversations. Like, what is it about me that you think I might want to change? <laughs> I have to say, and, you know, that might be a little bit, that might be like phase two. You might feel a little uncomfortable doing that at first, but really just asking yourself and spend some time really journaling, writing it out on paper. And that's a whole nother topic of how powerful getting our thoughts and words outside of our body is. But self-reflection and doing journal prompts and just writing things down, you know, what, what is it that I want to change and why do I want to change it? Knowing your why is so important. And there's a lot of talk about that right now and there's movies and books on it, but don't underestimate the value of knowing why you are doing what you're doing and where your intentions are coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, just, just then as well beforehand around words of appreciation and linking mm -hmm. to words. I think our language is so important to be mindful of and to focus on what we are trying to do this or anything in our life really because it can be something so powerful with our self-talk. And I had a, a guest on my show, a guy called Dan Holgood, and we were talking about um, the five layers of creating high-performing habits. And he said when he was talking about language, he said the two, word, two of the most powerful words in our vocabulary is I am. And if you start mm. saying I am and associating negative connotations with it, it's very hard to get away from it. Like I am a smoker or I am fat or I am X, I am whatever it might be. And particularly with your self-talk when no one else is around, that's mm -hmm. when you can truly get a sense of what, what you are and who you are really. I think when there isn't anybody around, there is no one else to impress. And you are sitting there is thinking, what, what are your, what's your self-talk saying? What are you saying to yourself? Is it, limiting your thinking is it creating that that place of resentment or in intimidation from people around you or is it creating that constructive inspiration from people around you and something of which that you want to then utilize to to embrace all of that knowledge and all that success around you to, to push you forwards rather than to hold you down yes i often am bringing awareness to every time i tell myself I'm not a morning person <laughs> or uh, I'm really tired. You know, it's one thing if it's, if it's a statement or a fact, if you're, you know, if someone asks you, how are you? And you're being these mantras that we get in the habit of telling ourselves over and over and over and over. Of course we become that sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And if you, start changing your words, you know, you change your vibration, things will change. I think it's Tony Robbins that says like emotion is energy in motion and, and to change the energy, to change the emotion, you got to change the energy and change the motion or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you change the mantra and soon enough, you know, it's, it's, this is a lot of like the deeper identity work that I do with my clients is really looking into for example, your money story, right? What is it that you believe about money? And let's dig deep into why you believe it. What was your first money memory? And what did your parents tell you about money? And when you grew up, what was your understanding of money? And how has that played a role into your adult life? 
And when we really can start to pick away at these pieces, we start to realize, again, we've zoomed out and we're looking in from this sort of perspective of an observer, we can say, right, so is that still working for you? Is that belief still working for you? And if not, if it is, great. If it's not, what would you like to change? And it's literally creating a new I am statement. And oftentimes it's, I am capable, I am powerful, I am strong, you know, and it is, is, comes from somewhere very, very deep. I mean, it always ends with usually both my client and I with like goosebumps all over our bodies and we're both like jumping around, you know, cause it's, it's so real. It's so deep and it's not just this surface, like fake thing. <laughs> yeah. It's real yeah. work. Yeah, absolutely. I, I um, and, and you talk about there around creating those statements around I am. And I had a guest on um, a guy called Garen Jones, who has been on Impact Theory, Tom Bilyeu, and has got an, an incredible story about how he sort of changed his his life around by just changing his mindset. And at his front door, his house, he's got these statements that you need to call out before you can actually come in. Where it is, I think it's around something I am powerful. I am love, I am happy. And, and, and it's just like such a nice, not having been there, but seeing it on Instagram. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, Garen. Um, But, but it's, it's great to be able to, to encourage that. And I think, you know, one of the reasons it's a bigger thing as to why I started this, this podcast was to, to bring people together like you, like Garen, like me and other people to kind of create that, that community and, and for people to tune in to realize that, there is a lot of like positivity and um, happiness, I suppose, in this world rather than what can be very easy to get lost in is, is all this negativity and all this thing that's going on and why it's not good and why it won't work and having a problem for every solution when it might feel comfortable to go to that place sometimes because it's, it's, it's our natural state in a way, but we can, we can change that over time. I love that story about, how he he doesn't even allow people in his house until they have changed their vibration. And I mean, there is so much proof out there that our energy affects the people around us, right? There is no doubt about it. And for the last few years, I've, I've worked on private super yachts, which has been a totally weird, cool experience. And when you live in a bow, even though it's a very big bow, it's still relatively small when you're living with you know, 10 to 30 other people all the time. And there is no doubt about it. When somebody walks into say the crew mess and they are grumpy, everyone feels it immediately. Like, and it affects, it affects everybody. So, you know, it kind of leads me to sort of one of my, my final points in how to create more abundance in your life is give more of what you want. So give the energy that you want to receive, right? Like just like, um, you know, not, not even allowing people into your space. So that, that's kind of both. That's actually another one of them. You got to drop the people that are energy vampires. Side note. <laughs> that's, that's definitely a way, you know, you are a reflection of your people around you, but it kind of coincides with this energetic linking and feeling that we all have group think there's a reason why people think the same when they're all around each other and feel the same our energies affect each other so give more of what you want to receive in return so that could be literally like i want more happiness so of course after doing some of the self-reflection and work and coming from this genuine place of of happiness 
then that will come back to you. And maybe if it's time that you're feeling lacking, I don't have enough time. I mean, how many, how many times do we say that over the course of the day? There's not enough time in the day, right? Maybe slip away from your obligations. And even if it's just for an hour, go help somebody in need, go give your time to somebody, or even, even something as simple as having a genuine conversation like you and I had, you know, we met on LinkedIn and we said, right, let's get to know each other. Let's take this off of the internet and actually have a face-to-face conversation. Let's give each other an hour of our time. And how cool is, how cool has our friendship budded from that? Right. Yeah. And same thing goes with money. You know, if money is sort of something that you're like, well, abundance is nice, but I, I would like to have more of it, you know, donate a little bit. Now I'm not talking about putting yourself into more financial debt if you're dealing with debt, but it's as simple as giving a dollar or energetically even. Actually, I think I saw Gabby Bernstein and just saw one of her recent emails on abundance. And she said, a a fun game that you can sort of play with yourself is imagine you're receiving a check every day in in a certain amount of money. And then you have to pretend to give that money or no, you have to pretend to spend that money. So it really kind of trains your brain to start spending or thinking about, wow, if I were to spend $10, not just giving it away, which is a little bit of a different conversation, of course, but training your brain to come out of that sense of lack, knowing that if I spend this money that was just giving to me, it will come back to me in another way. I'm not afraid of having zero money because that probably won't happen, right? Yeah. I mean, typically... If you're listening to this podcast, you are in some form of, um, you're, you're probably in some, at least some form of, of abundance in some way, you know, to be able to listen to a podcast means that you have the means to listen to it. So what that tells me is that you are savvy, you are probably very hardworking and you have lots of proof in your life that you will, God willing, not be homeless or hungry. So if you have proof of that in your life, what might it mean to give a little bit back to the homeless and hungry? Yeah. Yeah, and then linking to that, actually, I had a a guest of mine on the podcast called Cole Hatter. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him Mm -hmm. at all, but um, we were talking about making it an impact. And he said with relation to this around money it's not necessarily the state what you do it's how you do it so for example he said rather than giving away five pounds to charity or homeless charity go and find two or three homeless people on the street and actually like go and buy them a meal and sit with them and invest some time in them because your relationship then with how you're giving your money away is realizing how you can earn it back and that it's not just something that's going to come to you it's something that you do have to put some form of effort and time in and it's going to be rewarding as well at the same time so um you know that that conversation was was a whole lot more than that but that was one of the things around it and that don't just give stuff away don't just do something and think for example if you're listening this going oh i'm going to go and give 10 pounds away tomorrow to charity and therefore i'm going to get it back is think okay well, what's close to my heart how can i invest that time how can i give that back how can i do that in person and then by doing that and putting yourself out there you never know where that can lead Definitely. And I can actually attest to that. So my fiance and I, when we were in Barcelona last year, um, from the church that we went to, we did a community outreach, a homeless outreach. 
And we did exactly that. We brought warm soup with a group and the, the group kind of divided up and we went into like smaller groups around the city and we brought warm soup and bread and water. And we went and had conversations with people on the street and it was life-changing for me. I mean, that night, you know, we went back and just sat together and, and shared stories and it creates a sense of realness and it, it reminds you that you're not better than anyone and no one is better than you. And we're all just here dealing with the traumas that we've experienced in our life and doing the best we can with the tools that we've been given. And some of us have been given more and better tools than others. And yes, going out and I mean, it wasn't just about, you know, giving the food, it was giving the time and giving, giving the love and the attention to these people that probably don't speak to anybody ever. If they don't have a, a family or a community, I mean, you walk past a person on the street, most people are afraid to have a conversation. And that person could go days without having a conversation with another adult, mm. which, which, I mean, it was, it was mind blowing the transition after that. So yes, I can totally attest to that. And, and you're right. It's, it's again, coming back to that expectations. Why are you doing what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. What is the deeper meaning behind that? And of course, homelessness for me is a little bit of a, of a, near and dear to my heart. When, when my family, when I was young, my father left us and my mom had to file bankruptcy and the bank took our home pretty much left homeless. And by, by the grace of God, a, a woman that she knew had an empty house around the corner. And we moved into this tiny little two bedroom house that my mom still lives in 20 years later. So at the time I didn't, understand the weight of what was happening, but reflecting back now as an adult, you know, a, a newly single mom who just had to file bankruptcy and, and was looking for a job with two young children. I mean, that must've been really scary. And that definitely fed into a lot of my money beliefs and that the only way to make money was through really, really hard work. And it had to be really hard. And I had to prove to myself that I was worthy of love and acceptance and that stress led to autoimmune disease as a teenager. I mean, it goes on and on and on, but oh. yeah, that, that outreach was, was really, really, really important to me and something that we look to continue doing in the future, obviously. Yeah. And throughout your, I was going to say career, but life really, what do you think so far that you've learned most about yourself? Hmm. That's a great question. <laughs> I have learned that I am savvy and that I am also extremely caring. And growing up, I was taught that I was very sensitive and that was always sort of had a negative connotation. And I think I've learned that when I've, when I can cultivate what I like to call my superpowers, <laughs> yep. my, my intuition and my empathy and my, my curiousness, my sensitivity, um, I'm unstoppable. Love it. Love it. Mm. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for your time today and your, your knowledge. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. It's been an honor and I really appreciate being here. I really do. Great. And for people that want to just stay up to date in your world and tune in and to sort of listen to some of the stuff you talked about in a bit more in depth, how can they find you in the world of social? Definitely. So on Instagram, my Name is the Yogi Yadi, 
And I am also on LinkedIn. I've been doing some Monday mindset motivation videos on LinkedIn as well. I'm there as Chelsea Nielsen Haynes. I am newly engaged, so I'm fully embracing my soon-to-be new name. (laughs) So you can find me there. And my website is theyogiyadi.com. So you can connect with me directly there. You can send me an email there. And there's also links to my social media as well. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Chelsea. No doubt we'll speak again in the future. And uh, yeah, and for the listeners, thanks for tuning into another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Lovely, Chris. Thanks so much. Hey, people. Thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram not another sales guy underscore in each of those words you can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing not another sales podcast and also if you want to connect with me on linkedin i go by the name of chris hatfield so thanks again and stay tuned for another episode